Arneson. Arneson. Musicless intro, but we're Yeah, I call you out. Uh, I'm gonna do it. You're like five feet away from me, so 
something. This is like a big amphitheater or something. But... All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, you guys know Girl Scout cookies? That's what I call sex offenders' internet search history. That's an IT. That's a thing. That's a joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. I'm probably almost done. I'm gauging my time. Um, last joke here. Last joke. So um, you know, you know Chick Fil A. They're uh, conservative politics, and I just think that'd be funny. It'd be ironic if their secret sauce was jizz. I lost you guys in the last one. Um, so I just started comedy, brand new. Comics keep telling me to do a set-up punch, set-up punch. And I uh, spent last night in jail after getting arrested for assault. Really? <laughs> uh, set-up punch. Uh, I'm new to LA. Um, just got my Bonds card, but it turns out it was just a movie pass for just Vince Vaughn movies. Uh, still got the winter tires on my car. Um, and this is cool. This is a cool room. Um, let's see. New to LA. Um, just moved in a house with the ADT sign, the security sign. It's cut in half in front of the house. So it's kind of just an invitation to criminals to break in. <laughs> um, also, my roommate's PlayStation just got stolen. And uh, I just want to say, I'm tired of these nerds breaking into our houses and stealing this stuff. I'm tired of these nerds. <laughs> um, speaking of LA, Entourage is one of my favorite shows. I uh, love Entourage. Uh, Vinny was in Aquaman in Entourage, but I'm wondering why wasn't Turtle in it? <laughs> um, Let's see. <laughs> You're way back there. It's comfy couch show. Um, I'm a big fan of rap. I love rap. Uh, my favorite underground rapper is Tupac. Oh. <laughs> All right. Oh, I thank love you. that. Oh. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, so, um, you guys know what Bill Cosby's favorite movie is? Hook. Rufio. Rufio. You're eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, let's see. Um, I wonder if ghosts watch Ghost Adventures and root for the ghosts. <laughs> She's texting right there, so I'm not gonna, it's okay. <laughs> um, 
I wonder if millennial ghosts wear Snuggies. <laughs> um, sometimes the deodorant, my gel deodorant goes up when I'm not using it. I call that the ghost of gel, gel deodorant. R.I.P. Spice. Um, I wonder if when ghosts stop texting each other, they call it being. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you guys know the movie Air Bud? The one about the sports playing dog that inherits a fortune and blows all on cocaine? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yep, yep, thank you. Um, you know how they say all dogs go to heaven? Yep. Well, I guess heaven for humans is just picking up dog poop. <laughs> I'm just waiting, I just got hold for it. Um, my dog just got a job. She's gonna be a roofer. <laughs> thank you, back there. <laughs> um... Let's see. Balding people are the most active. They're the only people whose hair is a verb. Just lose it. Um, I could never be a skinhead. My hair just grows too fast. I'd have to join Dollar Slave Club. <laughs> um, my parents are from Montana. So I'm only racist at family reunions. Um, let's see. Let's try some. Uh, um, why do they call them bison and buffaloes? Why do they get two different names? Any race? I'll look for that. <laughs> I started going to a progressive chiropractor. It's called Back to the Future. <laughs> you rolled your eyes at me. Um, comedy, uh, it's just show and tell for adults, is what I call this. Show and tell for adults. Um, I'm going to start going to a new gym because mine's infested with rats. Gym rats. Got me. Um, I got recruited by Scientology the other day. And uh, I was just disappointed that it wasn't Tom Cruise, because I thought he did his own stunts. Is that the light? M one minute? Thank you. Um, drop my card. That was a talent show right there. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, I wonder if when Tom Hanks yells at his son Colin Hanks, if he yells, <laughs> when he yells at him, he goes, Colin Henry's. You're like very close to me, so I'm just like staring at you. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just right here in my pocket right here. Um, I think peanut butter is the guy and jelly is the girl. <laughs> so it's just a thinker. Um, but here's a reason why I know white privilege is, is real. It's because vanilla ice cream is the default uh, go-to flavor. It's always vanilla. <laughs> Um, let's do a closer. All right, closer. Um, so Chick-fil-A is known for their progressive, or sorry, 
Chick-fil-A is known for their conservative politics, and I just think it'd be ironic if their uh, secret sauce was jizz. Thank you. <laughs> Give it up for Chris Armisen. Arne. Thank you, Portia. Thank you. Yeah. Portia and Chris. Arnson. 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 There's too many Chris's. There's one Chris <laughs> here tonight. You get mixed up. Highlighted. There can only be one. <laughs> want to remind you that we have... It's no surprise to me. I am my own worst enemy. Cause every now and then I kick the living out of me The smoke alarm is going off and there's a cigarette Still burning Arneson, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Arneson Thank you Alright guys, thanks for staying So, um, um, nice, nice hair back there uh, a brand new comedy I just started, and uh, comics keep telling me to set up punch, set up punch. So, uh, spent last night in jail after getting arrested for assault. <laughs> Thanks over the pool table, yep. I guess. Yep. Uh, so, I'm new to LA too, I just moved here. Uh, still got the winter tires on my car. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Let's see, I moved into a house that has a, the ADT sign is cut in half in front, so it's kind of just an invitation to criminals to break in. Um, my roommate's PlayStation just got stolen, and uh, I just want to say, I'm sick and tired of these nerds breaking into our houses and stealing our stuff. <laughs> these nerds. Um, big fan of rap. I love rap. My favorite underground rapper is Tupac. Thank you. That's a slow burn right there. Ah, uh, uh, you guys like that one. Um, so, you guys know what Bill Cosby's favorite movie is? It's Hook. Rufio, Rufio. Alright. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, we're in LA. Uh, Entourage is one of my favorite shows. Um, Vinny. Vinny was an Aquaman in Entourage. And I'm just wondering, why wasn't Turtle in it? Thank you. Uh, uh, let's see. So, I wonder if... Uh, Millennial ghosts for Snuggies. I wonder if ghosts watch Ghost Adventures and root for the ghosts. Um, let's see. Do you know how they say all dogs go to heaven? Well, I guess heaven for humans is just picking up dog poop. Uh, my dog just got a job. She's gonna be a roofer. Uh, you guys know the movie Air Bud? 
If the one about the sports playing dog that inherits a fortune and blows all on cocaine. Thank you. <laughs> um, balding people are the most active. They're the only people whose hair is a verb. Just lose it. I'm asexual. I only sleep with Canadians. Thank you. Um, let's see. You guys ever hear about anyone dying from an icicle falling on them? I call it a Minnesota coconut. Love you, dude. <laughs> you might do back there. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, I have some family in Montana. Uh, they have lots of different license plates there. Uh, so much diversity in their license plates. I wonder if they do that to make up for their lack of actual diversity. Yeah. <laughs> I said, are you really? <laughs> you don't like that one? That's okay. That's all right. You can't win them all. Forgive me. Where do you want from Montana? That's all right. Alright, uh, enough here. Uh, let's see, so I drove down here from Seattle, I drove through Oregon. Uh, the rest areas in Oregon are very complicated, like some of them are on top of a hill, one of them's a two-parter, and I'm over here, I thought it was supposed to be a rest area. I'm breaking the sweat just trying to get there. Uh, let's see, I, I, you guys know the band Korn? I call a corn concert a field of acid dreams. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, I call erasers sills. Because pencils have them and pens don't have them. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it's a math problem. That's okay. Um, let's see. Oh. I wonder when ghosts stop texting each other, they call it being. <laughs> Everyone's doing different stuff at once right now. Uh, let's see. Um, you guys know Girl Scout cookies? Uh, that's what I call a sex offender's internet search history. Girl Scout cookies. It's a thinker. <laughs> Um, do you guys hear about Starbucks' new cryptocurrency? It's called Starbucks. It's my dude. <laughs> uh, I went to a Starbucks without any furniture the other day. I'd say it's about uh, two Starbucks. Maybe two and a half. <laughs> dude, I love you, dude. You're my dude. Oh, uh, man, that's so awesome. Um, oh, man. I wonder if like, lame people eat chili chilies. That's just... <laughs> Alright, let's, let's end on this one right here. So, um, I'm lucky. Uh, I love my parents. Um, my parents are they're pretty rich. So, I'm going to be super sad when they die, but I'm also going to be kind of happy. Alright. Thank you, guys. Chris, you did six minutes of puns. So many goddamn puns. I've never seen so many puns.
Seriously, I've been doing comedy for a while. You might even set the record. Not really, but lately. Lately. <laughs> no, it's good. Don't leave. Where are you going? <laughs> Sorry. Where are you going? Guys, that made them so violent. Well, that was pretty uncomfortable to listen to. I'd say I don't know how still how else to describe that. Um, but let's see. I have to let me explain what happened. So that was at. Corbin Bowl, a bowling alley in the valley, a valley alley, and yeah, I had waited, <clears throat> I had waited like three hours just watching about like over 30 other open micers go up that night, and in retrospect, like I, I <clears throat> just listened to it, how awkward, how awkward it sounded. Um, I definitely wish I wouldn't have left, because <laughs> you're always supposed to, you're supposed to stay for the whole open mic, but I didn't want to make a bunch of excuses for myself. Like be one of those people, but um, <laughs> here's some excuses. <laughs> so, yeah, there'd been like over thirty other people who had already performed that night, and all of them, I think, pretty much all of them, had left. Like right after, they all left right after they went, and there's probably five other open micers left after me so yeah like <laughs> so in my I'm like my own lawyer right now I feel like this is like kangaroo court <laughs> this is it's the high court with Doug Benson it's that old the old show that Doug Benson had on Comedy Central back in what was that? It was like March, February 2017. Because <laughs> I was just watching. Because uh, I had this new smart TV. I love my new smart TV. It's so nice. And I was watching the six hour bongathon. Not marathon, bongathon of Getting Dug with High. Doug Benson. Six hours of this show <laughs> in the basement, but I love getting dealt with high. I've been a fan of that show for it started that started like six years ago. I've been a fan of that show pretty much since it started, I think. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, so what was I saying? I was saying everybody 
left. So that was in my head. Like I was kind of planning on maybe sneaking out. I don't know, but it's everybody left after their set, and I stayed. I I watched almost. I watched like the most comedians because I watched thirty other people perform. So, so in my mind, at the time, I thought I had. I paid my dues, you know. <laughs> I paid my open mic dues. Like that's that's a long time, like three hours. I think that's the longest I've I ever waited to perform to go do an open mic. Three hours. It's ridiculous. In in retrospect, it's a ridiculous retrospect. But um, ridiculous ridiculous spect. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons why I didn't really feel that bad. And I guess at the time. But also, thinking back, I don't know. But he, he didn't, the, the host, who that was the person who was talking there at the end. That was the host of the open mic. And he didn't comment. He didn't comment on anybody else. Like 30 other people. He didn't say anything about about their perform like what they did or like what what style of comedy they were doing or so I mean I I I think the number one lesson I took from this is don't take don't take anything personally don't take things personally because I mean, he was probably he was just trying to be funny because that's if you just you just have to think about stamp comics. It's just all about them. Like it all comes back to like they're not if they're making fun of you, it's because they're trying to be funny. They're trying to get laughs, and um, he wasn't really like once I listened to it again, <laughs> I definitely took it. I took it too seriously because if you listen to it, I mean. He was obviously joking, but man, I just, I get too caught up in, I guess, was it like the verbiage, the wordage? Because, man, I need to get a sip of coffee right now on my Seahawks mug. I'm wearing my Seahawks sweatshirt right now. I love, I love wearing my Seattle, repping the Seattle sports teams here in LA. I love it. Seahawks just beat the Rams. All right, but anyway, <laughs> um, I think I just got caught up in the wordage of it, because for some reason, I don't know where I got this idea, but I got the idea that like pun, pun is kind of a derogatory term for comedians. Like <laughs> I don't know why, but I think it it kind of just. It felt like he was just trying to narrow me down, not narrow me down, but um, trying to like typecast me, you know, trying to say like, all you do is puns because, yeah, I think in stand-up comedy circles, like a someone who just says a bunch of puns, that's not looked at as very creative, especially for like every comedian today tries to be like like Burt Kreischer or something like or Tom Segura 
they just they think that people are going to like them if they just go up there and talk about their life and tell stories but without any punchlines <laughs> like these these that's what most most of the comedians i've seen like even the ones that are like well respected and like have like are like doing well um they don't really have many like tony hinchcliffe always says he always talks about the importance of set up punch like how everything comes back to set up punch so i mean i i agree with him cuz it's just the format it's it's the format that like the comedian is like da 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 <laughs> it's like and then the and then the audience laughs like you cue the laughter but you have to be super funny you have to be like a Burt Kreischer or like a Tom Segura or like a Theo Vaughn level uh, of personality like those guys are those guys are personality driven and lifestyle comedians I would say like I don't know. I haven't watched too much, too much of Theo's. Like I, I saw Theo's Netflix special, a while ago. But I love his podcast. So, like Theo Vaughn's, uh, what's it called? This past weekend, I've been watching that a bunch on my, my TV. God, I love my new thing is watching podcasts. Like I used to just listen to them, but now that I have this. This nice smart TV, oof! I love the watch. <laughs> it's so much nicer because it's like watching a TV show. It's like watching Netflix. Um, speaking of Netflix, I just watched the new Cabin Fever last night from 2016. Cabin Fever, because I love cabin movies. That's like my favorite category of movie. My favorite cabin gory. <laughs> oh man, it's funny because they are—they're gory. They're gory cabin movies, but I love—I love Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods is such a great movie. That one is—is is like Richard Jenkins, the dad from Step Brothers. Oh, Cabin in the Woods is awesome. Um, let's see, what else did I want to say? Yeah, so, I guess those were some of the things I want to say about, about the cork, my experience. No, wait, no, it wasn't the cork. The cork was, man, the cork, you guys already listened to that one. That was my best, my best set so far. Man, I, if I could, if I just do that... (laughs) But I like that one because I've I can already tell that I perform better in front of uh, like random people, like at a bar instead of like at a like one of those comedy rooms, like a fourth wall, which is just a little comedy room, which is it's only open mic, it's only other open micers, like only other comedians. Are the people who are your audience, which is, it's much tougher, I guess, because it's harder to make, because they're all like 
bitter, <laughs> I guess is the only way to describe a bunch of open micers and who have been doing it in LA for a long time, I guess. They get very bitter. And I mean, there's some, I've came across some nice other comedians who, who like will give up laughs for you, who will, who will actually laugh at your jokes. But then, but then like there's some that like will be very stingy and, um, I don't know, like almost not even listen to you or something like I, the number one thing you want is people to not be talking (laughs) and just people to just be listening because I think that's the most distracting thing that could be like while you're doing stand-up comedy and telling jokes is for someone to be talking especially if it's like a small room and and they're just talking like 10 feet away from you it's just you got to call them out you just got to address it I guess because it's not like you're doing like but like Theo Vaughn or like Bert Kreischer or Tom Segura like those guys are doing they're doing theaters so they're doing rooms with thousands of people so people can talk that's like that's not even the same like oh that's something I've been thinking about is how different stand-up comedy is is so different for like like a Joe Rogan because he goes to a place and everyone in the audience knows who if they're not a fan of his they definitely like they just know who Joe Rogan is like everyone knows Joe Rogan so it's not in my in my eyes it's not like true stand up comedy really cuz i'm not <laughs> it's it's like a different thing it's almost like a it's like a play it's like he's doing theater it's more like he's doing a theater show I mean, he actually does do it in theaters, but it's more like Broadway because because people aren't they're not measuring him by his, like how funny his jokes are necessarily because I think people are just so excited to see like a Joe Rogan or like a Nikki Glaser. I just watched Nikki Glaser. I mean, she was just on Joe Rogan. I just watched her Theo Vaughn episode, which was super good. But um, I love, I think she's my, I think Nikki Glaser might be my favorite female comedian. If I had to, because I'm watching Whitney Cummings, uh, her Theo Vaughn episode. And she, I like, I like Whitney Cummings, but she's just, she's too woke like I don't like I don't like any comedian that talks I just don't like I don't think comedians need to be talking about politics really <laughs> like it's just so boring it's so like it just it makes me uh, I was gonna say it makes my vagina dry <laughs> but um it just makes me it turns me off of like comedy because I don't that's why I don't watch I would watch the news. If I if I want to follow politics, I'll just watch the news. Like let me 
let me decide. Also, it's not funny. Like, I think it's a stand-up comedian's job. It's your only job, really, is to be funny. Like, it doesn't matter if... I, I don't get offended, obviously, but I don't think... I don't think anyone who says they're offended or acts like a like a victim because something that Bill Burr said or Theo Vaughn or some random stand-up comedian, they said a joke and then someone gets offended. <laughs> but uh, speaking of Bill Burr and Theo Vaughn, God, if you guys are going to... All right, if you want to listen to or watch, I would recommend watching this episode. If you have like a smart TV or laptop, or you can just watch on your phone, but I would watch, if you want to get into Theo Vaughn's podcast this past weekend, which is seriously my new favorite podcast, I love, I'm loving it, (laughs) McDonald's, I'm loving it, but if you want to get into it, a jumping off point for you is the Bill Burr, Theo Vaughn episode. Um, or I guess Bill Burr episode of this past weekend um, came out less than a month ago. So it came out mid-September. But, oh my God, it's so funny. It's, I mean, it's not really funny. It's not like ha-ha funny. It's, it's like very awkward. And, um, because Bill Burr, like he, so he, he, I don't know if he's never met Maybe they've never talked to each other. Like, I think they've never really had a conversation. Is what they were saying. So, he doesn't really know Theo that well. And Bill is about a dozen. He's like 12 years older than Theo. Which isn't really that much. Like, I was I was looking at it. I'm looking at it like this. Theo Vaughn, who seems super young, if you if you look at him. He's closer in age to Bill Burr than I am to Theo Vaughn. <laughs> so it's, that's kind of interesting if you think about. So Theo Vaughn, he's closer to Bill Burr's generation than to me, which is very interesting because Theo Vaughn acts, I mean, he isn't, he just acts like himself. But like if people had to guess, I bet if most people just looked at him and had to guess, they'd they'd probably guess that he's like twenty nine, I would say. But he's actually what, he's thirty nine. Yeah, Theo Vaughn's thirty nine years old. It's crazy because he doesn't he's got the I think the mullet makes him look younger. I think the mullet brings him down because you don't see a lot of middle aged men with mullets middle aged mullets. <laughs> that would be <laughs> That'd be the greatest punk band of all time. Oh my god. Someone, if you're going to start a punk band, or any kind of garage band, please name it The Middle-Aged Mullets. God, that'd be great. But, uh, <laughs> I need to get some more coffee right now. I need to stand up in one second. Alright, so, definitely check out the... Bill Burr episode of this past weekend it is I don't really want to spoil it but I'll just say at one point Bill Burr says you have to say his, you have to say his whole name every time you say it because his whole name is so short so you just have to say you just have to say Bill Burr Bill Burr um 
he's like, so Theo Vaughn, I mean, I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you all know who Theo Vaughn is. If you're a fan of stamp comedy at all, you definitely know Theo Vaughn because he's not only is he one of the most successful and one of the most famous stamp comedians, like he has, he has a million Instagram followers. So I don't know how many, probably single digits, if I had to guess how many like real legitimate, just pure stamp comedians, not like actors who also do stamp comedy or like YouTubers, like YouTubers don't really count. That's not a, you're not a stamp comedian necessarily. I don't think really. Cause I mean, if you get famous doing YouTube, like just get, if you get famous for being at home and just hanging out in your room and just making videos, like there's nothing wrong with that. I sound like an old person right now. <laughs> I sound like get off my, get off my website <laughs> instead of lawn, get off my URL. Um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously, but it's just not the same as, like, I think stand-up comedy is, like, I respect those guys, like, I respect it a lot, those guys and girls, <laughs> um, I'm woke too, you know, I can be woke too, um, <laughs> no, but you just gotta, you gotta include everyone, of course, but, um, what was I saying? I respect stamp comedy a lot because not because it's really hard because if you prepare if you write jokes and prepare it's not it's not really that hard um I mean the hardest part about stamp comedy is getting to the state like getting yourself to go to an open mic and like drive 20 miles or whatever because I'm up here in Northridge so up here in the middle of the San Fernando Valley. So there's not that many open mics up here, is what I'm saying. Like all the, even all the open mics in the valley are in like North Hollywood, which is surprisingly like 18 miles away. <laughs> so it sounds like I'm just complaining, but still though, I I would love it if there was more open mics in like the Encino and man that's what was nice about like Tarzana, Encino, Reseda. There's like no open mics in Reseda. But anyway, Chatsworth, there's none in Chatsworth really. That was that's what was so great about the Corbin Bowl, the one that you just listened to. The one at the bowling alley. The <laughs> the valley alley. <laughs> um Cause that one was only like seven miles away. So I'll have to return to it. Like I haven't, I, I got scared off. Like I scared myself. I psyched myself out. Cause I just, I don't know why I could obviously just go back and apologize. If, if the, if that dude even remembered me, like he probably, he probably does that every single night. Like he probably hosts a show and does stamp comedy every single night. So I doubt he even remembers it because that was like three and a half months ago now. <laughs> God, time flies. But um, yeah, so he probably doesn't even remember. That's just my 
that's just narcissism in my mind, you know, thinking that that dude would just remember me, just some random dude, <laughs> like that, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, really, but, I mean, it's just, you're not supposed to leave an open mic, necessarily, but, um, man, what was I just talking about, I was, <laughs> I lost myself in, like, a big, a big loop-de-loop of, all right, so I was talking about not many open mics near me, oh, yeah, I was saying how impressive it was, all right, so, that's why, I would love, like, I love the knock on wood right now. I love the spot I found to live. Like, it's, like, the location, even though it's far from things, it's, I have to drive, like, 20 miles to get everywhere, basically. Um, It's still, it's, it's pretty nice. Like, compared to some of the other parts of this, of LA, oh my god. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys all know if, if you ever do listen to the news or watch the news <laughs> or if you've ever been to Los Angeles like if you go downtown downtown LA which is a very small area compared to the rest of the city it is that's where Skid Row is so I'm sure you've heard about Skid Row but the whole city is basically Skid Row now <laughs> it's so insane like there's I think they say that I think that the number that they say is 60,000 homeless people in Los Angeles. But I think like there's def- if you've been here, there's way more. There's obviously way more than that cuz <laughs> there's Oh my god. If you go to Hollywood, Hollywood and downtown are the worst and also like Santa Monica, Venice is also an insane spot for, that's just where all the homeless people are, it's so, it's so crazy, I can't even, you can't describe it, you have to, you have to be here, you honestly have to, even if you just look at pictures, it doesn't, it can't, it doesn't measure it, you can't, you need to, you need to like virtual reality, put on some VR goggles to do the, the Los Angeles homeless Oh my god, that would be crazy. That'd be a really interesting virtual reality game. Not like a game, but like a, an experience. Like a, a virtual reality experience of being homeless. Oh my god, that's such a dark idea right there. I think, man, that even though that's super dark, I think that I could picture, I could picture that game or virtual reality experience or whatever I don't know what they call it but oh my god I think that's a I need to get some more coffee on this idea I think that's a really good idea actually because then it would give people because I mean like my whole life I'm thinking back the only thing I've never I mean (laughs) I spent one night I slept in my car during um, the night before college game day. I wrote about it in my blog, the go to one.blogspot.com. <laughs> nice little plug there. Um, yeah, college game day was at in Pullman last year. That was, yeah, I think we're coming up on the one year anniversary of that. So, 
That's when I was living at home in Bothell on the west side. So I drove over to Pullman and I spent the night. Yeah, I mean, that's not, (laughs) I was going to say like, that's the only, that's really the only time other than like camping, but these, these guys are, these guys and gals, it's, it's camping, but not by choice, (laughs) not by choice, I guess, (laughs) because, oh my God, like they all, it's basically like a, like the worst REI REI commercial of all time, I would say. It's it's like a like a nightmare for REI. You know, I'm I'm talking about the the outdoor sporting goods store, like Dick's Sporting Goods, REI. It's hard to say REI without just saying REI. It just says one it just sounds like one word, REI. Um but yeah, it's, it's basically the worst, the worst marketing experiment for them. Because, <laughs> because if you, I don't know, man, it's it's not even it's not fun. It's not fun to joke about, really. But it's really, if you're living where I am right now, if you're in living in LA right now, it's hard to avoid. Like it's really. It's one of the only things you can think about really being here. Like it's traffic and then nice weather and uh, homeless people really. It's because if you go out to do anything, you can't go into town because I live in the valley. So it's it's basically it's a chore kind of to go over the hill, like over Coenga Pass um, over the 101, or I guess on the 101, over the hill, into Los Angeles, into Hollywood, that's like where all the people are, that's where all the crazy people are, (laughs) I mean, I mean, there's still, there's still crazy people in the valley, but, like, I always judged, I judged the valley based on that Entourage episode, Remember that Entourage episode where Johnny Drama, like he he always he talks about not wanting to go into the valley because I think they live in Beverly Hills. I think that's where the Entourage guys live. So, I mean, they're up there in the hills, like either Beverly Hills or Hollywood Hills. But I love Entourage. God, I love Entourage. <laughs> but uh, I've seen every episode. Um, and the movie. The movie's not really that great. But uh, TV show's way better. If you have HBO Now or HBO Go or wherever they're calling it now, definitely watch it. But, yeah. Oh, I'm stretching right now. Ah, oh. oh, man. Yeah, my impression. Oh, my impression of the valley. Um... First, before I say that, let me just say, I tried going to 24-hour fitness yesterday, and for the first time ever, they're like, yeah, we're about to close in 10 minutes. We're going to be closing because um, there were some forest fires in the area. So yesterday was terrible. It was like very unhealthy air quality all day. So, um, 
But yeah, why would you close 24-hour fitness because of that? Like it, I was so confused when they said that. <laughs> I was like, my response, I was like, really? Like, that's why I said, I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, like, yeah, we're closing because of smoke. It's like, what? Like, come on, come on. So Theo, Theo would say, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like, everyone's already there. Like, you're already at work. And the smoke is not getting any worse. Like, I don't think it was getting worse throughout the day. I think, I think it was actually dissipating and actually getting better throughout the day. So... I was just so confused. I was like, are you serious? What? I thought it was supposed to be 24-hour fitness. Not 24-hour fitness depending on smoke. <laughs> what is this? I've never heard about 24-hour fitness closing. Based on smoke? Come on. Unless that 24-hour fitness is on fire right now. <laughs> that's, that's the only reason why a 24-hour fitness would close because of smoke. God, that's insane. But, um, yeah, I was talking about Johnny Drama. God, that's so funny. How he's like, <laughs> he's like, don't make me go into the valley. He just, and then he, he wears a bunch of towels. Like, he, he drapes a bunch of, like, he tapes a bunch of towels to his body. Because... The valley is known for being maybe like 15 or 20 degrees hotter. It's usually hotter here, especially during the summer. God, especially this summer. Like, it was over 100 degrees this summer. I'm thinking, I don't know, I don't have the statistics on hand right now, but probably like 20, 20 days maybe, over 100 degrees which is insane. That's absolutely crazy. Especially coming from Washington. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, it's a great... So, yeah, if you're going to watch Entourage, watch... If you're going to start watching Entourage, watch the episode where they go into the valley and Johnny Drama really doesn't want to go into the San Fernando Valley. And then if you're going to watch... Theo Vaughn's podcast this past weekend, or listen to it, start with the Bill Burr episode. Um, but yeah, what was I saying? I was saying I respect, the thing I respect most about Stamp Comics, I would compare them to those ultra marathon runners. Like, you know, uh, David Goggins, or like Cam Haynes, Cameron Haynes, he's on the latest I guess when I'm recording this, the latest, I'm recording this right now on Saturday, October 12th, 9.04 a.m. Saturday morning, college football starting, but I probably won't release it for a few days anyway. But um, what was I going to say? Cam Haynes, Cameron Haynes is on the latest Joe Rogan episode. So, but he's an ultra marathoner. Like these guys run like, 150 miles at over like 24 hours or something but that's what I would compare trying to be a stamp comic like being a comedian 
like in your mind, or at least before I ever did it, in my mind, I built it up to be ride or die, like live or die every single time you did it or something. I don't know. It's it like a huge deal every time you did it. Like I might make or break you or something. But <clears throat> judging by what I've seen so far, I mean, I've barely even done it. Like I've done, I think I've done like 20 sets so far. But I haven't even done it since July 28th. <laughs> I have the exact date. It's like it's like a scarring experience for me. You can tell. I remember the exact day and time and everything about it, obviously. But, I mean, that's because it's also easy when you record it. That's why you got to record everything. For the podcast, <laughs> but, yeah. So it's been it's been two and a half months since I did it. Two and a half months, which seems like seems like a long time actually. But I did a fifteen minute set. I did fifteen minutes on July twenty eighth, though. So that was insane. And <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, you guys will hear that soon. I'll release that soon. But that was 15 minutes in front of, like, six other open micers. So, and no, like, no, like, civilians, I guess what you call them. Like, non-comedians, just citizens, civilians. I think, I think that's what they call them. But, yeah, so imagine, and I was, oh my god, it was, <laughs> I think I have some, uh, PTSD from it let's just say um I don't know it was I probably built it up to be too much in my head or something but it was you'll hear you'll hear what happened it was was crazy it was so crazy because 15 minutes seems like such a long time if you're just up there and there's like these these six other open micers who are just staring at you blankly like that there's nothing worse than i'd rather have them looking at me with like a look of disgust than looking at me with just just a blank stare you know <laughs> like the blank like stare of indifference like a thousand mile man it's just describing it just giving me goosebumps right now. <laughs> Man, I think it's just too much. Like, looking back at it, I almost wish that I would have just done... I wish I would have just done... I mean, you can't change the past, obviously. You can't change anything. But... <laughs> it would have been nice if I would have done maybe, like, two shorter sets that day. <laughs> just divide up your time. Like, you don't have to win it all you're not gonna win it all in one hail mary of comedy but i don't know because 15 minutes is a long time if you just started doing stamp comedy 15 minutes is a very long time to do it so it is like i don't know how else to to say it because before that i think seven minutes was my longest set so literally 
half of it, half of that time was the longest I had done it. So, man, I don't know. (laughs) But what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I was saying you really have to, you have to be, first of all, you have to be be your, um, I just, be your own coach and like your own manager and your own agent because you're not going to get representation right away or anything so you have to be like your own motivator like your motivational speaker like for yourself like when you're starting doing stand-up comedy because like it's just because no one tells you to do it no one forces you to do it you have to you have to wait like I was saying you have to wait hours sometimes and sometimes you have to pay money like you have to pay them money it's like the opposite of getting paid to do it it's the opposite of being a comedian like I mean it's still the same I obviously consider it because I consider the true art of stand-up comedy I would say like no offense to famous people but (laughs) The true art of stamp comedy is going into a room where you're anonymous and people don't know who you are and you have to win them over with with your jokes. Because I think, like, I'm not hating on, because I'm, I'm a huge fan of, like, all the famous stamp comics, obviously. Like, I love, like, Burt Kreischer and all those guys, Theo and Tom, Nikki Glaser, <laughs> uh, Whitney Cummings, the woke Whitney Cummings, woke Cummings. I'm like, I'm gonna start calling her woke knee Cummings, <laughs> woke knee Cummings. But they're, what they're doing, I would say it's more acting. I think they're doing more of like a, like I was saying, like, it's like a Broadway, it's like acting. Cause Cause they're more perf. I don't know. Cause everyone is different when everyone knows what to expect and who you are, and they have these expectations, and they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Like, cause if you're just a random anonymous person, I think people are less likely to give you the benefit of the doubt versus if they're already your fan and they've invested hundreds of hours of listening to you talk, like listen to your podcast, watching your podcast, um, watching your Netflix specials, listening to all your comedy albums and buying your merchandise, like literally investing money, time, like time, which is even more valuable than money. Because once you invest a bunch of your time in someone, then you become like a fan of them and you start to support what they do, all the things they do, and you start to root for them and you start to like share them with your friends and follow them on social media and wear their merchandise and do all that stuff. Like look forward to the release of their ne- ne- 
next Netflix special. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's just a different thing. Because, I don't know, like, stand-up comedy now has become, it's almost become, like, a social media fandom experience, I would describe it. Because it's not really, all the best stand-up comics, I think all the most popular and the most successful stand-up comedians, they all have their toes dipped in various fields. Like they're doing, I th- I mean, pretty much all my favorite stand-up comedians come from podcasts. They all do podcasts. And they've been doing their podcast for years. And that's really how they become successful, I think, from doing their podcast. And they just use that as a prop like to help them like become more prolific in stamp comedy you know i yeah cuz think about it stand up comedy the rise of stand up comedy is hugely popular right now and right now stand up comedy is more popular than it's ever been and right now podcasts are more popular than they've ever been and netflix and social media social both those things netflix and social media i think have huge influences on the rise of stand-up comedy because i sound all preachy now (laughs) what's my point i think my point is these guys these guys and gals these famous comedians who you know and you're a fan of them, they're not really... Like, I'm not trying to, like, bash them or anything. It kind of sounds like I'm trying to bash them or take something away from them. But I'm just saying, I don't think that they're... They're not, like, the pure stand-up comedy... I mean, some of them might be. Some, some might be more pure comedians than others but I think some of them are more like entrepreneurs I would describe them as creative entrepreneurs so like I Joe Rogan like Joe Rogan's a perfect example because he's not like think about even a decade ago like just a decade ago I don't think Joe Rogan was, he wasn't like a hugely popular, man, I need to get some more coffee right now. One second. <laughs> I mean, I would say, I want to compare Bill Burr to Joe Rogan. Because I think Bill Burr is more of a pure stand-up comedian. And Joe Rogan is more of a creative entrepreneur, like enterpriser kind of guy. Because, I mean, a decade ago, think about a decade ago, social media was nothing a decade ago. Netflix was nothing a decade ago. Podcasts were nothing a decade ago. It's crazy. Just in 2009, the year 2009, everything was different. And, um, I mean, everything was different in terms of stand-up comedy. Like, all those things have changed now. And 
think about think about the rise of Joe Rogan since he started his podcast. He's coming up on the 10-year anniversary of his podcast. So he started that. And um, I mean, obviously, everyone knows him from Fear Factor. So I think he was always more like the Fear Factor guy in the UFC. He was always Fear Factor in UFC more than stamp comedy. Like he was always known for those things. Excuse me. But anyway, so he got incredibly popular because of his podcast because he started his podcast at the perfect time. Podcasts started becoming incredibly popular, I would say, five years ago. I would say in 2014, that's when podcasts really were taking off. Because, I mean, I, I've i been a fan of podcasts since, honestly, since I had an iPod Nano. Remember the iPod Nano? And I used to listen to Comedy Death Ray. Remember Comedy Death Ray? It became Comedy Bang Bang. You know, uh, I don't know if that's still a show on IFC, but it was a show on IFC for a while. Scott Ackerman, Reggie Watts. Uh, what's I was trying to think of what late night show Reggie Watts is on the band. Isn't I think Reggie Watts is on the band of James Cordron. I think it's James Cordron that Reggie Watts is on the band. But I I love Reggie Watts because because he's from uh, Great Falls, Montana, baby. <laughs> yeah, he's from uh, he went to the same high school as my mom. Reggie Watts graduated from Great Falls High School. I think ten years, maybe it was like ten years after my mom. So that, that's pretty crazy. So they were there at the same time. I mean. He was just a, I guess he was at elementary school and she was in high school, but they're both in Great Falls. So that's pretty funny. But um, yeah, comedy, bang, bang. Yeah, so I've been a fan of, I've seriously been a fan of podcasts. I'm trying to think of the year. Probably 2005, I would say. I was 12 years old. Probably 2005 is when I really started I might be lying. That might be... <laughs> Podcast might have not even existed in 2005. But I think... I swear I was putting them on my on my iPod. I was definitely putting them on my iPod. Maybe it was like 06. It could have been 06. But anyway, so what I'm saying is... I think they really... They didn't get super popular till probably... Probably like 2014, I would say. But then they got super popular in the past year. Just in the past year, podcasts have... I'd say they've doubled in popularity in the past year, which is insane. But I think so, honestly. Like, especially um, the video ones, the ones on YouTube. All the podcasts on YouTube, like the Joe Rogan episodes and... Theo Vaughn episodes are getting so many, so many views. I mean, well, especially uh, Joe Rogan. Like, he gets, his, <laughs> Joe Rogan, he'll release, I mean, everybody knows this. Like, all podcasts 
podcasters and podcast listeners, he's like the, he's the godfather, obviously. The podfather, as they call him. But once I gotta go to the bathroom, so I'll be right back. One second. One second.